Welcome to Mystery House Arts and Abs. I'm Kevin Weir. I'm Aaron Weir, and this is a teen drama dogcast. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's the theme of the episode, I guess. Dogs. It is dogs. Uh, we're doing we're doing Riverdale. We are now back into where they're I don't even call it the second half of the season, they're post season. Their back half? Their back half. I guess it's the back half. Glee used to divide itself into the front thirteen and the back nine. <laughs> there <laughs> there are these um things where it like, used to be it was like, oh, mid season finales and this. It's just man, after it was off for months and months and months, like it 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 does feel strange. We are now three into just a continuation of the storyline. Like it wasn't even really a good stopping point. Well, Kevin, Betty went off to find her sister's kidnapper <laughs> and then stop that immediately for an episode. Yeah, and and now is back at it. Back so. at it. Uh we're we're no longer in a flashback. We're no longer learning about Hiram and Reggie stuff going on. Now we're back to the main the main cast and it is it's happening. It's people making choices. We've brought back many of our supporting characters. Kevin, although I was going to say Kevin Keller is in this episode. I think he's a lead now, isn't he? He's a, he was always supposed to be a lead. But I think like he gets no, paid more money no, now. No, no, no. Josie was a lead but wasn't getting any storylines. Kevin Keller wasn't a lead until like recently, but he kept getting storylines. Mm, sort That's of. That's what it was. Sort yeah. of. Sort of. But, More screen time and lines. Um, Kevin's in this episode. Reggie is in this episode a lot. Eric is in this episode. <laughs> Reggie's getting a lot. Of, Re- Reggie's getting a lot this season. Like he's everywhere. He's always doing something. He's always got a scheme. <laughs> it's like they read the Archie comics. They're like, oh, Reggie's thing is scheming. He already. He always. He always fills the role of we need another guy, mm-hmm. and that's who he is. Even when the other guy should be Sweet Pea. The other guy in this episode should have been Sweet Pea. I mean, yeah, for that part, that definitely should have been Sweet Pea. I just mean, like, when they, they, they give Reggie too much to the point where it's like, we need another guy, but he's go- this is going to give him a storyline. When it's just, we need another guy to fill out the scene, is usually Fangs or Sweet Pea. Uh, True. Of course, we haven't seen Sweet Pea all season. He's, so. he's in a truck. He is in a truck. Can we just talk about how Betty is not harnessing her resources for the search? No. She knows so many truckers. She knows so many truckers. She's unable to to utilize them. She is inc- she has incredibly foolish uh plans and the <laughs> You know, remember how season 3 was not was not kind to Dungeons and Dragons? This is not kind to truckers. Even though they made many of our heroes truckers. Yeah, for 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 a show where, where Amelia, like, yeah, when a lot of things failed us, a lot of the, uh, or we know when the city failed us, the mayor failed us, we had to become truckers and are the trucker thing. And then somehow this trucker serial killer feels unrelated to the fact that all the, that the serpents are now truckers. All the serpents. All the serpents are truckers. Even Fangs Fogarty, who has a university degree, I think in psychology, <laughs> from the University of Pittsburgh, is, is a trucker. Is a trucker. So, like, having this storyline where it's like, demon truckers on the road, picking up women and kill them. Every single trucker is a creep. It's like... Did are you writing in separate rooms? Because in case you were wondering, every single trucker is a creep. Everyone, everyone. All right. Uh, well, we should learn about these creepy truckers and these <laughs> dogs and a, possibly a new cult. All this and more coming up because it is season five, episode thirteen. 
Reservoir Dogs. Reservoir Dogs. We start in World War II. I guess. <laughs> Although, as we return to World War II... I'm starting to think this is what war looks like in the Archie world. Yeah, it's, it, it is interesting to the point where I was wondering, because we saw, the obviously, the flashback in the very first episode, and I thought this was just, like, Archie's way of, like, is how he filters war. He filters it through a, I mean, it actually has a letterbox format. It looks like a war film. Mm -hmm. I thought it was just the way that he filtered things, uh, which is kind of weird because Jughead was always the war guy, but... This is also kind of Jughead's story because he's narrating. So Jughead is just describing Archie's dreams through his own perspective of war. Jughead doesn't know what war is like. He only knows World War II. I guess it makes sense. Um, but also this – look, Riverdale has always been purposefully anachronistic. So uh, so I give him leeway on things like this. But this is World War II. Um, Archie's in the trenches. Eric's legs have been blown off. Uh, and, and then, then he's he interrupted <laughs> by real life where Eric has – I believe, shot through a window. I don't know if he shot. A window does shatter, though. Then I guess he did and shoot. And he does have a shotgun. Uh, yeah, he is a sniper rifle, because remember, he's a sniper. Oh, that's right. Mm -hmm. And uh, he's having a PTSD episode. Yeah. But thank God, Frank, who went through the last war and yeah. has had friends with PTSD, is there to help. Frank, Frank, now that Frank has just been let out of prison for... Being a good prisoner and for, telling people about the breakout. Being, unlike Penelope... Who was let out of prison because, eh, close enough. Yeah. She was maybe up for early <laughs> parole, so. Penelope, who murdered her entire family. and eh, close enough. Seven years, close enough. Oh, I forgot she used to just sneak sneak around and kill people <laughs> no. after she was declared dead. No. And then she turned herself in. Yeah, she. so she she orchestrated the entire, like, D&D &D like that killing, she killed Hal, she killed the entire board of the Blossom family. She is a mass serial killer. Seven years, fine enough, whatever. You're close enough. Get out of here. So anyway, uh, Frank Frank got his governmental pardon. Yeah. For the things he did when he was in the army. Um, no, when he was a mercenary. Yes. His stuff was always very weird. It was very confusing. But he got that. Um, he, um, He's going to be a very good hand for um eric and archie now that he's out he's like oh you guys are dealing with this stuff awesome in a shocking turn of events young adults still need grown-ups to help <laughs> them through life well they need people who've experienced the things they experienced before and i'll say look without knowing without knowing like too much about the um the return from uh war and what things are like for veterans and but more of just knowing about like trauma and things like that and mm. doing some cursory research into the way that, you know, PTSD should be handled. This feels like a very interesting storyline with the Archie and Eric and Frank thing. But, Kevin, we can't stay in a good storyline. Nope. <laughs> Instead, we're going to go see Betty, who has returned to her life on the road, LARPing as a trucker. So now she has Tabitha helping her. And I did have a moment where I'm like, what about Jughead? Then I remembered he did leave them a message, so. Oh, that's right. I also forgot about that. It is weird how he leaves them, a, like, they were so worried about him. He leaves them a vague message where he's like, I can't be there anymore. I need to go. This, honestly, it almost sounds like a suicide message. Whoa. Jughead's not in this episode at all. There's not even a voiceover. No, I think he's being held by the truck guy, remember? He was oh, picked up. Oh, that's right. He was, he picked, was up. picked up by a truck. Yeah. Um, so Betty 
the plan or their setup is that Betty essentially drives in her truck and talks to Tabitha. So Tabitha kind of knows where she is. Over a radio. And at one point, Tabitha says, you'll be out of range. I'm like, y'all have cell phones. Yeah, pick up your phone and talk to her if you have to. You'll be out of radio range. Then what do we... Later, they'll use cell phones. Anyway. <sighs> anyway. Um, it is unclear what Betty's plan is, but she thinks this truck is creepy, so she just wants to follow it until it stops. Yeah. To do something. So <laughs> so the truck stops, and uh, the guy gets out to pee, and Betty, at first, I really thought she was just hit. Like, she was doing the, I'm going to flirt with you, so we'll hook up, because we're two truckers. Like, she pulls up her big rig behind his big rig. And she's acting like a trucker. Like, she's cosplaying trucker. Why? Wait, where does she get a big truck from? That's a great we question. We gotta move on. <laughs> <laughs> so she I thought that was was until he turns around and goes, Oh, by the way, I'm gonna pay you, right? No, no, she says, Hey, you got cash. Oh, I thought he brought it up. Or she brought it up. Okay. Because then he's so she says, Wait, before we do this, you have cash, right? All right? And then he says, That's all I needed to hear. I'm FBI. And then Betty says, No, I'm FBI. <laughs> and then Glenn goes, No, you're not FBI. Remember when you quit because you were mad at me because I was writing my dissertation about your family? I want to take one quick moment and imagine this from the agent's <laughs> side. Because there's no way they plan to get randomly picked up by a female trucker slash prostitute on the road. He was driving to another truck stop with a bunch of agents in the back just being like, okay, guys, so once we get there, we see if anybody slits at us, and then we go with that. And then he's like, I got to I gotta pull over to pee. <laughs> <laughs> and then this, then this went like, wildly sideways. Like, oh, Wow. That's weird. Okay. So Betty yells at Glenn because he's focusing on the wrong things which, on the Lonely Highway. Which is true. Which is entirely true. Like, the problem is not the sex workers. The problem is the people who are killing, killing the, the sex, sex workers. workers. <laughs> so, yes, Betty, you are right. Glenn is terrible. You're impersonating an FBI agent. <laughs> and Glenn's like, okay, well... I don't know why I didn't take your badge and your gun oh, before, oh. but I need that now. Oh, yeah. Now I need your badge. <laughs> is it weird that her badge looks different than everybody else's badge? I guess because she's a trainee. Uh, yeah, she has a trainee badge. <laughs> it's plastic. Now, Kevin, is it – I don't know any of this, and you probably don't know the answer to my question. Mm -hmm. But is it normal to drive around a truck of FBI agents to arrest prostitutes? Um, it's a sting operation. So, yes. I don't think FBI usually yeah. cares about pro Like, I, it amazes me they didn't kick that down to, like, lo I guess there is no local. It's only Sheriff Keller. <laughs> it's only Sheriff Keller. And he doesn't have any deputies. But it's a, it's a sting operation. So, it just like, it's weird that they're doing it, like, on a highway, too. Well, as And, a, like, not just pretending to roll into municipal centers. That's why I think that, like, they were driving. They were just, they were at a truck stop and they're driving to the next truck yeah. stop. I, I agree with you. There is some weird stuff. About it, it feels like it's just a, it's a poorly done operation. But and we know it's a poorly done operation because they're focusing on the wrong part of the serial killer. <laughs> they're not worried about someone who's killing. No, a lot so of instead people. they're just going to arrest a, a bunch of sex um, workers. Although, if they arrest all the sex workers, then the serial killer will have no one to serial kill. You are correct, <laughs> Aaron, Aaron. If we just kill all the fish, we, then we won't have illegal fishermen anymore. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> so now I got a weird scene where Cheryl's just like Little Red Riding Hooding herself through the woods. Yeah, she's got a cape, she's got a basket, she's and, walking along. And the wolf is, is Kevin. Kevin. 
who I guess is cruising, but this looks like her driveway. I guess maybe that's where the gay men hang out now. The gay, the gay men all hang out. All the gay men love to hang out at the hottest new club, Cheryl's Driveway. <laughs> Every so often you get shot at by a bow and arrow, but that's the exciting part. That's why we cruise that's why for we the cruise. rush. <laughs> for the rush of almost getting shot with a bow. That's literally the entire scene. We've added too much to it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we get a little talk between Archie and Frank about PTSD, and notably Archie... Lies. lies. He does not have PTS- PTSD, and he definitely doesn't have dreams about the war anymore. And this is so in character. Archie refu- Archie spends his entire life refusing to accept he has problems, and he needs to deal with other people's problems, and now it's coming back to bite him, and it's good, and I enjoy it. Meanwhile, I guess Reggie, because he can no longer work for Hiram, now works for Veronica. He works for at his, her jewelry store. He works with his dad. He owns, like, they're partners. He owns that car dealership now. But, okay, we should clarify. It's never confirmed he definitely works for the jewelry store, but he is standing behind the counter polishing jewelry. So either he works for her or he doesn't understand the value of his labor. And Veronica is <laughs> exploiting him, which makes it, sense. It's the second. <laughs> So Veronica has developed a new scheme. She needs needs to make some money right quick to make up for all the money that Chad lost because it's her responsibility. Quick reminder, Chadwick, uh, like some sort of Ponzi scheme, lost a bunch of money. Apparently it's her money somehow. He took out loans in her name against her new business. Yeah, so she has to pay them back. Whatever. So she's got to get a lot of money. What's her plan to get a lot of money? Investment banking. Now. I don't know a whole lot about investment banking. Me Aaron. neither. Yeah. Um, but I do know about writing dialogue and what dialogue <laughs> comes out as. And I'm not sure if Veronica and Reggie are scamming people, but it sure sounds that way. Yeah. So Reggie will talk Veronica into letting him work for her very, very small investment banking brokership, I guess. Yeah. It's like a boutique investment firm that's just her yeah. and Reggie. Yeah. We will never hear what they're investing in, just stocks, just general yeah. stocks, because she guess. was the she-wolf of Wall Street. Yes. Uh, and she has a file, well, cards. She has physical cards that she wrote on. It's a sheet of phone numbers and her phone. So she's going to essentially individually conv- call, call people, people to- who used to work with her when she was an investment banker. I guess. And to invest with her... Now. In her boutique firm, which will be called Posh and... Pearl? Pearl and Posh? Pearl and Posh. Posh and Pearl. I've written down somewhere. Anyway, we got to go back to more insanity, because Cheryl just goes to the high school whenever she wants now, and I think that's she's incredibly inappropriate. I she was weird and agoraphobic. Yeah. Yeah. So she goes to visit Kevin at the school. I guess she was wandering around like Little Red Riding Hood in the night, because she was looking for inspiration for her next sermon for her church. Sure. Yeah. Sure. These people have too much, too much going on. And so she basically taunts Kevin about the fact that he's cruising again <laughs> and then yeah. invites him to her church. Yeah. Cheryl's going to get like, okay, this church. Can we talk about this church a little bit right now? Mm-hmm. Um, first things first, it's not a scam. She's religious now. Yeah. It might be a scam for Penelope still or Penelope wants attention. It is. It's not upfront like a cult like the farm was a cult but it's 
it's when we know it's the church of jason right Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. both penelope they don't know each other's reasoning super why like penelope doesn't know cheryl has jason's body or that cheryl saw that bird Mm -hmm. um but they're but they're doing it because they believe that jason sacrificed himself for the sins of riverdale um and they wrap it all very much in Christianity. They sing Christian hymns. They quote mm-hmm. the Christian Bible. But Jason but is underneath that but all. But Jason is the... They all wear red. Yeah, Jason is the Jesus figure. Jason is the Jesus figure. Which I think makes this a cult. Like, they don't have a living leader, which usually is. But, like, man, Cheryl and Penelope really want they to be... that line. They want to be the living leader. Also, mm-hmm. they have Jason's corpse. You're not telling me that if they get enough people They're to not going to pull out that burned up body? Yeah, and be like, oh, we listen to the sounds <laughs> of the corpse. I mean, he's essentially going to be like a, uh, oh, what are what, what was it called in like medieval England? And they would go and see the bodies of the saints and... Oh, I don't know what that's called. I know what I would reference, which would be Warhammer 40k, which I don't think you would <laughs> do. Um... So, no, I don't unfortunately know what that is. But I do know what you're talking about. Mm. I just don't know what it's called. Uh, like, this is the the pinky finger of St. George, and everyone goes there to see it. And they're like, oh. relics or reliquary. Hey, audience, tell us what we mean. I'll probably Google it <laughs> <laughs> at some point in the next couple of days. Uh, we got to check in with the, the plan for catching the serial killer now, because Betty's no longer an FBI. Now she's double not an FBI agent, but Tap will still like, pretend to be an FBI Tap agent. Tap is like, oh, man. We have no FBI, and also, you need to not be alone with truckers, Betty. <laughs> the, You're lucky he was an FBI agent. The original plan was terrible. Like, what, what like, your goal... Is to just follow if, truckers around? And put yourself out as bait, and if they try to kill you, you... Will do something? Kill them first. I really feel like it's kill them first. That I feel like that was in Betty's head, maybe not consciously, but she's like... And I kill them first. Well, she can't kill them first. She has to knock them out, tie them up, make them take her to her sister, and then kill them. Yeah, then accidentally kill them. Yeah. Because there's no way she'd be like, go to the FBI and be like, oh, by the way, I... <laughs> Here's your serial killer. Ha ha. I abused all this person's human rights. Here you go. Citizen's arrest. <laughs> Citizen's arrest. <laughs> um, so Tabitha's like, look... You are not allowed to be alone with truckers. So I'm going to de- develop a plan where no one is alone with truckers. In- <laughs> and my plan is Coyote Ugly. Yeah. So rather than go to the truckers, they're going to try to bring the truckers to them. Um, I don't like the idea of using all your friends as bait. Nope. Apparently they are aware of it. The so friends like it. <laughs> I guess it's fine because they know. Look, all of those <laughs> girls have killed a man, except for Tabitha. Yeah. Yeah, they have. I know they haven't confirmed Veronica, but we know she burned oh, that yeah, man alive. Oh, yeah, she burned that man She to burned death. that man alive. Also, I don't know, maybe your helicopter fell on someone. <laughs> uh, so that's the plan. They're going to do that. So, um... Archie and Eric... Yep, went to the VA because they're trying to get Eric... There's an ongoing thing where Archie keeps calling the VA. He keeps going to do visits. Yep. He is going to get Eric help, but there's so much red tape and rigmarole. Yeah. But Frank had another idea. Yeah. He remember we've been talking about all these wild dogs all over the place. There are shelters that are trying their best. And Frank went to one of those shelters and he got a really cute dog that looks a lot like Vegas. The the way they explain this when they explain like where all these dogs come from is that people left the town and just left their pets behind, which I do not believe. 
it makes no sense because it's not like there was a zombie apocalypse yeah, they, they were running away yeah, from. Yeah, they weren't they weren't fleeing a hurricane and had to make the hard choice of do we leave the pep They were people who were like, I don't want to live in this town anymore. It is junk. And I guess moved, my dog stays. And moved away. But no, you, you biscuit, you stay here. You hold down the fort. What? Yeah, Riverdale I, tends to forget its own mythology at all times. <laughs> I, I just, like... I know there's people who are cruel to the animals. I just don't believe that if you have a pet and you have to move out of this town because even if you're poor, you take the dog with you because it's the thing you have. Exactly. People, people love their pets. Well, and like that this many, like, okay, maybe one family, maybe three families but abandoned enough their to dogs. But enough to be an epidemic of wild dogs. And it's insane. So anyway, Frank got the wild dog. Yeah. Eric loves him immediately. Dog therapy is a real thing. Yeah. So great work, Frank. Yeah. Because um, it helps with anxiety and it gives structure. And then Archie will start to remember things. And first he'll remember his dog, Vegas. Yeah. Who he's had since he was like seven. So Vegas did pass away. And There's a sub-theme in this episode of, constant, of Archie just constantly remembering other dead dogs. <laughs> just like how um, I really wish that Betty would just keep on running into undercover FBI agents everywhere <laughs> she went. Because she told the FBI to pay attention to Riverdale. Yeah. <laughs> and now the FBI is in Riverdale. So in Cheryl's church, she and her mom sing. And Kevin's like, nope, this church is not for me. Yeah, not a whole lot really happens there. Um, uh, Veronica's having trouble finding investors because she's not persuasive. So here's, Shockingly. Here's a weird thing about this so she's not able to get him so she's gonna uh get reggie or reggie's gonna be like hey how about i do it because i'm really good at sales and i'm essentially selling people on your investment firm yeah this is where we get like run into like sort of the first thing the first problem we find with what makes this whole storyline feel very weird is we never hear an argument when reggie or veronica are talking to anyone they're looking for investments with of like why their firm is better than other firms. Just why should you invest in general? Just like, hey, it's good for your family. Think of your family. So it sounds like they are running a pyramid scheme. It, it sounds like they are calling poor people and convincing them to invest their money in something that will give them a great future. Whereas what they should be doing and what they told us they were doing <laughs> is that they were contacting people who are already known investors and convincing them to go with Veronica instead because she's good at investments and yeah. knowing what stocks are going to do what. Yeah, like it feels like they should really be pushing hard on we are – like they're not – they occasionally put out we're good at investments. Like when Veronica's like we're a small uh, uh, brokership, but that means we'll work double hard for you. But there's a whole lot of, hey, it's good for your family. You got like investing as a way of looking into your future. You got to think about your kids. And that's where it starts – like. It, it feels skeezy. It feels skeezy, and I don't think it's supposed to be skeezy. I don't, I don't think they're doing illegal investments, and I don't think that Veronica and Reggie's investment firm is going to ruin people. No, we, we see the board, and like the investments they're taking are actually really, really high-end investments. And I don't think they're, the intention that we're supposed to be getting is she's going to just take their money directly to pay off the debts. They actually are going to do the, we invest, and then, then, and then we... they're using their commissions to pay off the debts. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I... But the lang like their description of their job, the fine. But the language they're using to compel people, very uncomfortable. Very, very uncomfortable. 
So uh, the, the point is Reggie will eventually work with her, but he does get like you got to make you got to make one sale before four p.m. And of course, he does it at the last second. Yep. Now he works for her double work. <laughs> he works for the jewelry store and for the investment firm. I guess. I, I mean, Veronica might still be a teacher, so she also has three jobs. <laughs> so, um, Betty and Tabitha head downstairs at Pop Tate's to the White Worm. To run their fan, their plan by Fangs, who is the stand-in for Tony this episode. Yeah. Because Vanessa Morgan in real life is looking after her infant. <laughs> yep. And so, so they're just like, uh, Tony's just not to- here. To- Tony's uh, lady will not be appearing in this episode. <laughs> will be being talked about. So they convince him to turn to Coyote Ugly Bar. And think- they do say, we are the ones who will be dancing. They're not just getting randoms, randoms to, you know, lure Murderous serial killers in. in. Yeah. Um. So Archie keeps again, again. He's still calling. He's still trying to get Eric treatment. Mm-hmm. And as he watches Eric play with the dog, he remembers another dead dog. Bingo! A dog that died. A dog that died a in the dog war. Dog that died in the war. Uh, a war dog. Yeah. So, um, Kevin and Cheryl meet up again. He tells her that he hated her sermon. It was not for him. <laughs> hey, your church is weird. I didn't like it, Cheryl. Also, he will get over this way too quickly. Way too quickly. That, that is a really weird church. Because Cheryl's like, well, maybe you didn't like my church, but I still see sorrow <laughs> in your eyes. And Kevin's like, yes, I'm very sad. I don't like that I broke up with Fangs for a reason that I couldn't comprehend because the scriptwriters didn't give me a good reason. <laughs> and also, I feel bad about how I did it because it doesn't seem like the way that I, Kevin Keller, would do something. Mm-hmm. But the script told me I had to, Cheryl. I, Cheryl, in this scene and in later scenes, really goes on about how, like, it's good to help people. You know, to help people. Like, that's where you were at the end of last season. What was your weird side trip into being a shut-in? Like, what was your weird side mission there? And there was no real explanation about that. No, she just, like, she tried to help people and then, or she didn't try to. She no, di- she did try to help people and then they rejected her. Maybe. So she stayed home forever and painted. I. She does say that rejection haunts Kevin, just like it once haunted her. <laughs> I think, I thought she was talking about Jason. <laughs> <laughs> Jason also haunts her. <laughs> Jason also haunts her. Uh, well, I, I thought she was talking about how Tony rejected her. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, um. Yeah. So what he needs to do is he needs to make amends. He needs to find, insert your religious term of choice here, and that clemency is what she said, but yeah. really it could be any religious term. Yeah. And then he'll feel better even if Fangs doesn't. So Kevin, for reasons unknown, listens to Cheryl and goes <laughs> to talk to Fangs, and you can tell this is going to go poorly immediately because when Fangs opens the door, he's looking over his shoulder and grinning very, very happily. <laughs> yeah. Well, I thought maybe it's Tony. <laughs> that was them pretending Tony was in the room. Yeah. Uh, no, it's not Tony. Tony not only isn't... I guess she's she's now working at the bar. She's always just not where we are. Maybe Tony's on bed rest. Anyway, uh, <laughs> do you know who's not on bed rest? Ooh. Ooh Fangs Moose. and Moose. Fangs and Moose Mason are having uh, some wine, some cheese. Apparently Moose just found a baguette <laughs> in the kitchen. That's not a good sign. It's not great. Uh, <laughs> Moose is uh, very bearded. Bless Kevin for saying Moose because... I would not have known who he was. No, I would not have. He looks like... Here's what he looks like. He looks like if Bo Burnham from inside was a football player. Yeah. Like, he's got... 
he he's got twenty twenty hit him hard, like that level. Like you couldn't get a haircut, you couldn't book a haircut. He decided no longer shaving. That is this moose. And like when we saw him, because remember um, the key party episode, Fa- Kevin told Bangs to bring a trucker friend. Yeah, I forgot what that trucker friend looked like, and I was like, "Is that who this is?" Is that the trucker friend? He's just in plaid. Everyone looks like a trucker in, the, in this show now because there's so many truckers. And I guess they just like ran into each other like at the grocery store, but also are hanging out. Are <laughs> why hanging is Moose? Out. <laughs> why is Moose back in Riverdale? Great question. I uh, know. Is he a trucker? Ah, uh, probably everyone's a trucker. So Archie has another war dream, yeah. but this time he continues the storyline from his last nightmare. Yeah, and he's like, he's hearing bingo, and he's telling, they say bingo way too many times. So many scene. times. And this is what they turned to Aaron and said, is bingo a man? Because they can hear bingo barking and whining over the sound of gunfire. Like, I gotta go get bingo. I have to get him. I'll bring him back. I'll bring you both back. Go Eric's get bingo. like, no, you can't. We'll both die. You can't go out there. He's in no man's land. <laughs> you can't go get bingo. Bingo's out out there. If you bring bingo back, we'll both die, bingo. Archie, Archie, wake up. In real life, bingo's gone too. <laughs> bingo is his name-o. <laughs> so their poor dog, I guess, got scared and they think he ran away. But he just went into a closet or a bathroom or something. They dwell on this. Okay, here's my here's my thought. They dwell on this whole th- the whole thing like a little bit of oh, I guess he was scared. He went to his room. Like this whole like panic. Oh, the dog is gone. Oh no, he's not gone. Happens so quickly. And I think they're trying to parallel the dog was scared, just like they were scared. Mm. I think that's the idea there. Well, because they do talk about the dogs later in a metaphorical way. <laughs> the dogs are a metaphor. <laughs> Um, so we have this whole montage where Veronica and Reggie are making phone calls. Oh, re- yeah. Somehow Veronica has gone over the fact that she couldn't sell things. Like, now she's also... Selling? Well, she just had to see Reggie do it. Now she knows. Yeah, yeah. Well, because she's a sociopath, so she just mirrors his moves. Yeah. Um, they do it in Veronica's home, in her home office, but it, mm-hmm. like, gets steadily more busy or more messy, and they always have, like, soda, um, like, to-go sodas it, from Pop Tates. It's a very business montage. But, Kevin, disaster strikes. They run out of leads. Yeah, what are we going to do now? Well, what we could do is just reveal a really huge, earth-shattering revelation in what feels like throwaway dialogue. Like, for Veronica's weird storyline, earth-shattering. So, Kevin, I'm going to give you permission. You can yell in my general direction. About how enraged you are by this development. Sodale doesn't exist. Sodale doesn't exist. It will never exist. Hiram has made another Ponzi scheme. It's a scam he got his investors to invest in a town that will never exist. It doesn't currently exist, as Aaron pointed out. So remember how in the first episode of the Flash Forward, Tony took Archie on that tour of Riverdale and she was like, over there is Sodale. It's a place for rich people to live where they can commute to the city and still have all of the luxuries. There's the turnpike. It's over there. (laughs) No one has ever gone to over there. The implication in that scene was very heavily people already live here. But they don't. And they Hiram never, has never done any construction. And he's just using the money from the investors to mine for palladium. Why couldn't he just mine 
Legally. Yeah, why is he secret mining? It's what? not like someone's going to sneak in in the middle of the night and steal the palladium from the ground. <laughs> what is his out? Is it that he doesn't want to share the palladium? Like, like he's going to have to sell it, so people are going to find out he has it. Like, the, here's the thing. He's, these aren't... Like, these and, aren't investors in the sense of it's like, oh, if I just give them other money, they never need to know their investment is going anywhere. They're expecting houses. Like, my understanding <laughs> is the investors are going to live there, right? You <laughs> Eventually? At, at some point, you either have to... You have to produce a product. Either you have to give them... Give them houses or give them back so much money they don't mind that you wasted seven years of the life being like, sorry, house thing didn't work out. Here's this much return on your investment. But like, what? And so Reggie. Well, they say so casually. And so Reggie thinks that he can go and get some Sodale investors to flip on Hiram by and invest in something else. By just revealing it's a scam. Because uh, they keep asking, hey, why are there no houses? And Hiram's like, oh, don't worry. There'll be houses, but there's no houses. <laughs> so I we, we had to do a double take because it comes out so casually. That is a huge revelation in this show. Does the show think that we should have understood earlier that there was not going to be a Sodale? Yeah, it's like, oh, no, you shouldn't be worrying about Sodale. The 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 concern is the palladium. Like no, the concern was he was funneling money out of River. So he wasn't funneling money out of Riverdale into Sodale. He was funneling money out of Riverdale into mining for palladium. So why did he stop being the mayor of Riverdale? Because he's now now he's just a guy who owns a plot of land near Riverdale. <laughs> he has no power whatsoever. Why did he give up all of his political he's, power? He's, <laughs> he's zero power. How much money does it cost? To mine for there's no way palladium is that like well like valuable. He's spending so much money to mine for for it, which was the prison. He already had the prison. Okay, and he wasn't paying the prisoners. This does kind of explain though why he made Riverdale not a town. He's trying to make Riverdale not exist so he doesn't have to buy the land, and he can just freely mine for palladium. Now, this is a bad plan because he's spending way more time and energy and money making Riverdale not exist as opposed to just buying property. Yeah, like, is – but he's saying that, like, there's got to be a vein actually under Riverdale, right? Like, not just under the Maple Grove. Yeah, like, the entirety of Riverdale has to have palladium under it, I assume. Yeah, because that's why he's trying to destroy the town because he doesn't want a town there so he can mine it. But then why is he doing all this other other weird little palladium mining if, like, that's got to be the mother load? Also, you can't just freely strip mine you, you, still, land. You, still, you still have to do it legally at a certain point. Yeah, if he's going to go to the mother load under this entire town, at some point, someone's going to know what's going on. Like, what it should be is that, okay... He need he, so he he needs to destroy Riverdale so he can mine the palladium underneath the town. It's hilarious because it feels like such a 1950s scam. Like it feels like Scooby Doo, which is perfect <laughs> for Riverdale, but doing it super seriously. Um, but like maybe he's like, oh, but I needed money to do other things, so I had to do like this little palladium mining in the prison and get that money. And get that and money. Use that too. So I had to do that illegally because I needed the money. Like, but it seems like at no point in his plan is he ever planning on legally mining palladium. Maybe under the Maple Grove if he can buy it. I guess at least now we understand why he made Riverdale not a town. If, the show if, did not tell us that. If, I'm just guessing. If we're right. If we're right that the palladium's under the entirety of Riverdale. Which is weird that he wouldn't have told 
he because we've we see him talking so openly with like Reggie, like oh, I found a vein under uh, under uh, the maple thing. Maybe he just decided like oh, I can't tell Reggie that there's a vein under Palladium under. Riverdale. Maybe Hiram is smarter than we realize. He's playing a real long game. He sent Reggie to Veronica on purpose because he knew this would happen. I know. Anyway, let's go back to Archie's house. Yeah. So little problems up here. Uh, Eric took the dog for a walk, and a bigger dog scared the dog. So they, they, they you know, he got aggressive. Eric tried to pull him off, and their dog bit Eric. Yes. Yeah. Quite rough. A actually. lot. Yeah. And it, Archie's like, "That's it. That dog's going back to the shelter." <laughs> This feels counter to what Archie usually will, responds to things. And the rest of this episode. Like, this one thing where Archie's decision is, well, the dog's gotta go, doesn't fit with the rest, the rest. of the episode. But, but... you know, they, they had to give a reason for Frank to say, no, it's my fault. And Archie's like, how could it possibly be your fault? Well, it turns out it's not a normal shelter dog. So, turns in a shocking turn of events, Riverdale, the town with wild dogs... Also has dog fighting rings. Also has a dog fighting ring. And, and this dog was a dog fighting dog. That well, he, might, he might have been a dog fighting dog. There's definitely dog fighting going on, though. Yeah. And, you know, Frank felt bad for that dog that was in a dog fighting ring. So he adopted him. And Archie is horrified and will give the dictionary definition of dog fighting. <laughs> Thanks, Joe. He is so angry about dog fighting that he's like, <laughs> he the to- dictionary defines dog fighting as combat between two, two trained dogs in which people will bet money on when the dogs might possibly be hurt or die. And Frank is like, yes. <laughs> Archie. Why are you giving a high school debate speech? Why are you, why are you explaining what what happened here? Or, but no, Archie doesn't have time. He's, <laughs> his, it has been a while since we've done this, but I think that was Archie's robot programming <laughs> trying to rationalize dogfighting. Just like, well, this is what dogfighting is. Emotions come later. It's been a while since since we've seen real robot Archie, but... It has kicked in. There it goes. So... Back in the dumb storyline, Veronica and Reggie basically, like, nag the Sodale investors. Well, they they reveal it's a scam. Um, they're like, hey, you know, I got I got a, I got a tip that Sodale will never exist. So we do find something out here. Veronica is not running any of these invest- investments or the firm under her real name. She is incognito as Miss Posh. Mm-hmm. Which seems like a weird choice not to, like, bank on her reputation as the She-Wolf of Wall Street. I thought that was the entire point of how they were doing this. Yeah, I thought so, too, but I guess... Like, that seems like... Because it goes back to why this feels like a scam. Because they're She's not using, using a, their real names. Using a fake name. Which, I mean, I guess, like, every, like, every name's a fake name to one extent or another. Um, but, but she's, like, she's not using her reputation as use- a great investor to convince people she, to invest with her. She's, once again, just convincing people to invest in general. Except for this one, where she's saying, hey, your investment is a fraud. Join a real investment. Join a real investment. And she just wanted this guy called Mr. Barry. And I think Mr. Barry's the smartest guy in Riverdale. Like, the show Riverdale. So he's like, huh, so you're saying I have a bad investment. Well, let me call up the guy in charge of that investment and see if it's true. So he's double fisting phones. <laughs> <laughs> On one line, he's got Hiram. On the other, he's got Miss Posh. And he's like, hey, Hiram, 
I hear soda ale's never going to be built. What do you have to say about that? <laughs> and Hiram's react is like, of course it's going to be built. In fact, you should give me more money. How about you, now you do triple and we'll get a 30% on your ROI. Like, this guy's going to get you be like, hey, your scam's a scam. He's like, no, you give me more money. It's so not a scam. You give me more money. I don't understand what kind of return on investment Hiram is promising people on real estate. Like, is he just going to flip the real estate? Yeah, it's got to be – so it's got to be Mr. Barry at the very least is not someone who's like, Going I want to live, live in those houses. Yeah. He might just actually be an investor. Um, Mr. Barry, a genius he is, goes back to Veronica and is like, well, he says I could get a 30, like 30% ROI, uh, ROI. What are you going to say? And Veronica should say – How could he promise that? You're going to get nothing. It's a scam. What she says instead is I promise you a 35% ROI – and a Glamour Shea egg. It's just their way of doing, I'm going to give you a whole bunch of money. Yeah. But they want to use the Glamour Shea egg. So, <laughs> Mr. Barry, who I think at this point, like, he's been he's been investing with Hyman enough that he like he's like, oh, I do kind of feel like... It's a scam. It's a scam. He, <laughs> he got a better deal and just, like, a free Glamour Shea egg when, when Veronica was bidding against a guy who had no product. <laughs> it's wild. <laughs> Veronica lost money betting against air. <laughs> but Mr. Barry, he got exactly what he wanted. Bless this man. This scene wraps up by having Veronica tell Reggie, well, no more investing today. Now we got to go do a coyote ugly. I, they... There's at least three different sequences where someone will just explain, I'm going to be in another plot line for a little bit. We'll return to this later. Speaking of which, uh, Kevin goes and talks to Cheryl, who just church talks at him again. Yep. She's like, well, that really sucks about Moose. She does call them like, like, I can't even remember a single one of her churchy strong words, but she eventually, she essentially is like, they're deceivers. They're snakes to destroy you, Kevin. <laughs> Yeah, she's really trying to isolate him from his friends and family mm-hmm. to get him to join an Her organization church. that promises new friendships. <sighs> it's called. <laughs> but we can't dwell on that because they have to go be in another storyline now. Yeah, as Cheryl says, at least Cheryl's the one who makes it um, clear to us that at least she's aware it's to capture a serial killer. They're not going in being like, yeah, let's do a fun you know, like when, like when we did the, uh, the the sexy car wash. Nope, this is sexy dancing with purpose. Yes, they know what's going to go. So uh, Betty explains to her friends her highly illegal plan. Yeah. They will copy down all of the truckers' addresses and driver's license numbers and names. They will also record all of their faces on the closed caption camera. <laughs> closed caption cameras. Ugh, closed circuit cameras. Yeah. And they will essentially... Stalk them because they will also send Reggie and Kevin out to Jimmy open the back of all of those trucks to look for anything suspicious. Now, here's they'll say I'm fine with carriers doing illegal things. It is real weird that like these truckers have done nothing wrong but be truckers and they are getting just privacy invaded all they, over. They are getting stalked. They are going they're going to get uh, like their home addresses written down like. I mean, like, <laughs> yes, lots of bars will scan your ID so they can keep a record of who was there in case there are problems. Yeah. And in this day and age of COVID, it's not so weird to have your contact information copied down. 
but the reason they're doing it is not great. <laughs> yeah, it feels weird. Um, but, also, but but I'm mainly for the show. Like it, like it is fine. I'm fine with these gray area things. I'm a little weirded out that nobody, no one raises, nobody an pushes. Like even if somebody was like, "Hey, this feels weird," and she was like, "We we're trying to protect people. This is a serial killer who at this point has killed this many people." And they're like, "Ends justify the means," and they're like. <sighs> Fine, because that becomes the discussion yeah. then. Like, do the like Betty's not an FBI agent. She'll pretend to be an FBI agent again here and get two other guys to also commit that so felony. Does she just have windbreakers that she like tapes FBI on with no, like? No, I think those are her FBI windbreakers. I think they took her badge and her gun, but she kept the windbreakers. Great. <laughs> now, um, also in this scene, Betty will explain that Fangs is not in this scene because he's helping an Archie storyline. <laughs> he's, he's in another. He's got something about a dog. He's in another storyline. I don't know. Speaking of Fangs, he tells Archie where the dog fights are, and Archie's like, "When is the next dog fight?" And Fangs is like, "For a couple weeks." And Archie's like, "Great, we can, we can get the, we can get the cops in. We can do this." And Archie's like, "No, no cops." He's like, "But Archie, you love the cops." No, not now. Now he's angry about dog stuff because remember, Bingo. Bingo. Two dogs died. One in war. One at home. Yeah. Bingo might be a dog. It's hard to say. It's hard to say. So now. Here is a musical number, but it's like a realistic musical number. Basically, we see the girls' Coyote Ugly. Routine. It's Coyote Ugly. We see the full. We see the full dance. It goes on slightly too long, long and it doesn't inter. Usually, when they do these things, where it's like someone's singing somewhere else, it intercuts. And I thought for sure this is going to intercut with Archie doing and- the dog stuff. Yeah, but no, they just dance the entire time. Then it ends, and then we go outside to where Reggie and Kevin. Ben- Reggie and Kevin. You're right, because Kevin. Fangs is with the dog. Yeah, Fangs is with the dog, because dogs have fangs. Um, So Reggie and Kevin did find a truck that is empty and a little bit bloody. Hmm. So they called... Well, Alice is also part of the storyline. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah, she's she's there They're serving drinks, because I guess Alice has pro-serve. I hope Alice has pro-serve. And they only have so many actors. (laughs) They only have... So many. So they call Alice, and then Alice sends Betty out, and then yeah. Betty pretends to be an FBI agent and confronts the trucker. But it turns out he was just shipping meat. And he does have the paperwork. He does have the paperwork. Up. Like, <laughs> Betty, for all your recon. You're not great. You're not great. Not great. Because she says, like, she says, like, this is just recon. We're not confronting anyone. Though, I mean, that's supposed to be the point with her, is that, like, she's she's obsessed with the crime. She's got to find it all the way through. To be fair, Betty is very bad at just doing recon, and always has been. Yes, no. She, her her idea of, of recon is also do everything else. So Archie and Fangs and Eric arrive at the dog fighting mm-hmm. park. Yep. And uh, Archie sends Fangs and Eric to go rescue all those dogs. Yep. Well, he goes and just beats this man up with brass. Like he's got brass knuckles. He's he beats it like he knuckle dusts this guy yeah. to the ground. And remember when I mentioned the last episode or the one before that, the sound effect of Kevin of uh, Keller getting his head stomped on. Mm-hmm. They hit with those same sound effects. It sounds like Archie is reaching into this man's body. Yeah, and pulling out his heart. Yeah, yeah. It's like the guys from the Mummy are here. It's uh, not great. So um, back at Ye Old Pop Tates, Betty and Tabitha are quite happy. They have a list of like 57 truckers. Yeah. So they're just going to look into them. Like Betty's yeah. going to kind Do of look background up their background, checks. see if there's any like, you know, discrepancies in their past, how often they drive along the lonely highway. And if she was an FBI agent, she could do all this legally. Hmm. <laughs> if only she hadn't quit in a fit of rage. <laughs> 
or when she was when she was an FBI agent doing this stuff, she was doing it like this. Yeah. <laughs> it's weird that she's so much more FBI when she's not FBI. So Betty's like, all right, cool, great night. See you tomorrow to dance some more. Unfortunately, one more trucker arrives. And, oh man, the dance is over. He wanted to have some fun tonight. <laughs> Betty's like, I'm a prostitute. Oh, we should have some fun? Okay. So at least Betty texts Tabitha that she's going, I got a live one is what she says. And Tabitha's essentially like, no. Oh, my God. Okay. Oh, Betty, no. She, like, walks towards the doors if she can stop Betty from doing something dumb. Yeah. But Betty heads off with this man. Did we mention that she there's blood on the handle? Yeah, that's why she was like, oh, yeah. I will go with you. Yeah, yeah. This. So uh, she talks to this man and she's like, oh, you come here often? And he says, no, no, he's in town visiting his grandmother, who is dying, which is nice. Because it's nice to watch people die. Anyway, I'm going to pull over to pee. Which, (laughs) if Betty was not on the hunt for murderers, should be an instant red flag. Because he was like, hey, we're going to a motel down the street. But he has to pee before he gets to that motel. Yeah, the the, the thing about this man is that he is... A murderer, like he's the, the most obvious murderer. I I guess he has some courage from the fact that he is alone on a highway. Um, it's weird they to drive so far to a motel, but I guess he is a killer. So, and like he, I'm surprised he didn't see Betty texting. Yeah, well, I mean, the, the you she walked right near the the bumper oh, of the truck, and like right man, yeah. the blind spawn that thing's huge. Anyway, so anyway he, he hops gets out. out to pee, but mm. oh no, Kevin. He has a knife. He has a knife. Uh, fortunately, Betty's ready. They have a they have a little bit of a scuffle, as in like she kicks the door into him. Yeah, and, and he, then he does go down. Oh, I think I think she thinks she knocks him out. It does kind of look yeah. like he gets knocked out. But Betty turns her back on the suspect. Betty is never going to pass her FBI test. Nope. So she turns her back on him to call. I don't. It's that's one of my least favorite like things that constantly happens in shows. It's not to turn your back on the killer. It's I got to take a phone call. I'll turn my back on this very important thing. Turn back and they're gone. Like you, you can, can take look at the thing you and can talk take on the, the phone. As she's doing it, so she calls dad with us. Says, you got to come here. Turns back. He's gone. Where did he go? Well, let me tell you. He went to get a chainsaw. We need to say this one more time. He went somewhere. Maybe the back of his truck, and he got a huge chainsaw. And I thought, oh, this is a dream, right? It has to have, well, because Betty sees the chainsaw, hops into the truck, he tries to chainsaw the truck door. And then he tries to chainsaw the top of the cab? Like, this serial killer is very reckless. <laughs> Usually serial killers are much more, like... Well, I, I was just thinking the fact that, like... Like, presumably, if he's a serial killer, he has more than just one knife, or he has maybe a gun as a backup, but he took a chainsaw. And he's chainsawing the thing that he needs <laughs> to continue his killing ways. Like the fact that, like, you know, blood on the handle just gone chainsaw through the roof, like... He's he, very reckless. He... There's no way he is thus the, the no, serial killer, right? But he has definitely killed at least one other person, <laughs> and he's very bad at this murder spree. And I would love, oh my god, do you know how much I want Riverdale to do the thing where it comes in next time, and he's like, no, no, I didn't mean to kill you. You don't know, <laughs> you know, you understand? I meant more of a metaphorical way, like how Cheryl Blossom did when she said she killed Jason. You get that? And then I was very concerned when you slammed, 
I got a knife because I got to protect myself when I pee in the woods. You never know when, when there's someone there trying to just grab at your junk. A bear could come. A Kevin could come. And then you hit a door in my face, so I had to protect myself. I, w- I, was... I thought I thought you were the killer of the highway. There's, you haven't heard? There's a prostitute going around trying to kill truckers. She's... I had to protect myself. I would love if Matt, if we had more scenes of Betty just being a super aggressive, like pretending to be a prostitute, getting super aggressive with truckers, and then running off and be like, "I heard tales of a prostitute who's been assaulting truckers." I was really worried. I got the chainsaw. I had to protect myself. I got my protection chainsaw. That I have a license for that chainsaw. It's a self-defense weapon. No, Betty eventually uh, knocks him out by throwing a wrench oh, in his it's, forehead. It's so funny. She never fights him again. Like he does the chainsaw through the roof. She goes out and then they stare at each other for like a good solid 10 seconds and then she just a wrench at his head <laughs> and just knocks, and just him, knocks out. him out like <laughs> it's hilarious it's the funniest thing ever and then tabitha rolls up problem solved so archie and eric arrive home and frank is kind of sitting in the kitchen being like mm, guess you went to go kill the dog fight guy huh oh uh, well i guess it makes sense considering about bingo so archie went upstairs to shower and eric overhears this and he's like bingo and Frank's like, yeah, your dog. I heard that was pretty crappy when your dog died. Oh, no, no, no. Bingo was a man. So <laughs> so Archie's weird, like, protectiveness of the dogs is not a specific dog thing. It's just a general thing. It's an Archie thing. He's got to protect everyone. And everyone <laughs> includes dogs. Like, I kind of get what they're what they're going for there, and I do like some. It sounds like they're trying to do that mash. It wasn't a chicken; it was a baby yeah. type thing. But like they did so much on dogs. Well, he wants to go um and uh, protect these, uh, you know, protect these dog fighters because uh, Bingo was a dog. But like, does Archie all? Did he also trick himself into thinking Bingo was a dog? Well, I don't know. There's a lot there. It's interesting. Um, short scene, Betty will not let Tabitha turn this trucker into the FBI. She wants to take him to a place to question him about Polly. And I think it's a bun- the the bunker, but Aaron's a good point. Why would she say, I have a place for him? Because Tabitha has been to the bunker like seven times. <laughs> I have a place for him. Do you mean the bunker? Yeah. yeah but you know, people can escape the bunker like really easily, right, Betty? Well, I'll... I'll Jug had escaped it when he was high. I'll... I'll put a stick through the through the thing. You never seen the outside of that bunker. That's true. Maybe they're gonna take him to that cabin in the woods. And there's the black hood. That seems less defensible. It does. <laughs> Not defensible, containable. I knew what you meant. Anyway, so she wants to know Polly is. This man will tell her. Dark Betty. Blah blah blah. Frank confronts Archie about Bingo, and he's <laughs> and, like, and PTSD in general. Yeah, and he's like, look, Archie, war sucks. I know. You have to make impossible decisions, but if you had run off into the middle of the night, like that girl from Shadowhunters want to do, you would be dead. You did the right thing, even though it sucks. Yeah. And uh, we get a little bit of insight into Archie's thought process, which, like, I have a way they could do this. Remember how he keeps on, like, just keep on doing things? Like, he's a teacher, and he runs the fire department, and it's also, like, it's also a boxing club, and it's also all these things. Like, they should really be focusing on the fact that he's doing so much because he refuses to accept he has PTSD, mm-hmm. and he wants to save this town. And as he says here, the town feels so corrupt, and I feel like I am doing everything I can, but I don't know if it's worth saving, like, at it, this like, moment right now. It's like um trying to, like... 
um, empty out a what's it called? Empty the ocean with a bucket. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, so I I wonder if I don't think they will. They say they do this thing where they give them like jobs. And those don't, jobs don't actually matter. It's like when they're in school and they never went to school. Yeah. So, like, I would like to see them broach the fact that he is doing way too much. Way too much. And He's doing more than anyone else, even Reggie. The pro- only problem, I, reason I don't think they do that is because despite the first episode, like, the first season being like, you got to pick between football or, or... Yeah, football and music. But also business. No, football was going to get him. Okay, I got it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You got, you got people doing football and music because football is also business, blah, blah, blah. Um, but then later seasons just had just like, no, he just does all of it. Yeah. Just everyone does everything. It's fine. There's There are 36 hours in Riverdale days. Yeah, everyone on the show is perfect. Perfect uh, overachiever. Yeah. Well, speaking of perfect. Kevin Keller. Got made teacher of the year, potentially because he's the only teacher who is actually a teacher at that school. (laughs) Because Veronica forgot, Betty forgot, Archie forgot. Jughead Jughead, went to New York. Jughead's the one we know for sure left. Yeah. But we have not seen Archie teach the football or the ROTC in a while. These students do not have English class anymore. (laughs) Their shop, people keep getting beaten up in the shop. No, no, Betty's off being a a vigilante trucker. Maybe she comes back into town to teach her shop classes. (laughs) Veronica. No. 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 So, yeah, teacher of the year. Kevin's very, very sad about this award because he didn't think he'd end up back in Riverdale being a teacher. (laughs) And we sat I, on the edge of our seats being like, but what do you want, Kevin? What are your hopes I, and dreams? I had bigger dreams. What are they? Like, what are your dreams? I thought I'd be somewhere else. I, well, and as he says, he thought he'd be in New York. Writer, director. Actor. Actor. But he's in Riverdale. It makes no sense that he and Fangs came back. They didn't need to. <laughs> yeah, Fangs is like got a degree in like psychology or something. And like, he uh, apparently... Went to a very prestigious school. Feels like they could have gone to New York. The only reason they're in Riverdale is because the plot, they don't want to do the glee thing where they're exactly. like. <laughs> and so, you know, he's sad. But Cheryl. It, sorry, I just want to say something. It sounds like he's mad at the, at the script. It does sound like he's mad at the script. <laughs> like, this is the second time we've had Casey Cott give lines that are like, why am I doing this? Why am I a character on the show? They should have made something happen. Yeah. And what they make happen instead is... uh, Cheryl has a solution for him. She will give him artistic nourishment. So... But first, Eric and Frank put on another event at the Fire Hall slash boxing gym. It's like a dog adoption? It's a dog adoption party. Now, I I want to say something right here. I don't know where these dogs came from. They don't say. We guess the dogs that they took from the fighting ring. Uh Uh-huh. Or they're just the wild dogs they just scooped up from Sketch Alley. These are cute dogs. Dude, there's the corgis in there. <laughs> they're they're like little puppies and like, corgis. Like they didn't get when- any scary dogs. No, no, no. Which just makes me think either the wild dogs were just packs of like corgis running through Sketch Alley with their tiny legs. So Eric is adopting a dog. It kind of looks like it's a different dog than the one that was living in their house. But maybe they're going to have two dogs. I don't know. I think Eric's just playing with a dog. And then Eric explains, well, these are good dogs. They're nice dogs. They're good dogs who are good people and just need a little bit of extra help and care. And then everyone looks at the camera. (laughs) It's a metaphor. Get it? The dogs are a metaphor for trauma. 
Meanwhile, we learn what Cheryl's plan for Kevin was. So Cheryl gives a sermon about how making others feel good will make you good, which has been her point for the entire episode. Yeah. (laughs) And then she introduces the new artistic director of the church, Kevin Keller. And then they sing a song from Jesus Christ Superstar. Yeah. So the idea is supposed to be like, hey, look, Kevin's found fulfillment here in this cult. Um, Kevin is in another cult. This is his second cult. Why couldn't... Aaron, you you were the one who actually asked the question. I feel like you should bring it up. What is Kevin getting from being the artistic artistic director of this cult that he couldn't get from putting on a play at his high school with his students? Yeah. Like, I understand, oh, but the play would cost more money. Like, no, you... Like, they have Cheryl backing it, who apparently now has a cult, which sucks. So the cult can finance the play just like they did in season three. Well, but even then, like... Yeah, you might have a little bit of a more rough, rough around the edges show, but like you still have the number one thing you need: actors and a theater. And you're putting on a play, not singing a song from Jesus Christ Superstar in a cult. Yeah, just do our town. All you need is a really all you need is a ladder. Yeah, you can have more set pieces if you want, our but you t- can also do it just with a ladder. Our town is built in. There is nothing on stage. And there shouldn't be a backdrop. You you take away all the curtains. Like, you see the stage. I don't know, do the last five years. Do... <laughs> you, you could do Godspell. Like, if you want to be religious, Kevin, you can do Godspell, because that's a play where it's just a bunch of, like, hippies singing about, like, putting on a play about Jesus. <laughs> and, hey, you have no school board. You have to be like, oh, we can't do anything too religious because of, you know, that whole thing. You're a private school. You can do whatever you want. Kevin, I just remembered why he can't do a play at his school. Why is it? The students are learning from home again. No, this, no, he's sitting at the school. They were only learning from home because the school was trash. Why would he be hanging out at the school? So I guess Archie must have fixed the school while Hiram was telling his flashbacks. Yeah, that's the only thing I can think. <laughs> <laughs> and and like they they can still do the rehearsals and stuff for when it's fixed. Yeah, they can do it outside. It is infuriating. It's like why couldn't no. it was because Cheryl it's is because Cheryl tricked him. Cheryl tricked him. Like Kevin answered this for me. Cheryl tricked him. Yeah, but like logically, he can. It's because he's so manipulable. Yeah, Kevin is the perfect person he, to be in a cult. He has yeah, he has no drive of his own. He barely has a personality. He will listen to what anybody else says at any point. He and He's like the typical theater kid who thinks, oh, I'm so damaged. My life was so hard and it made me a troubled person. He he needs help. He needs. He, he does need help. Yeah. Uh, uh, Reggie he, and Veronica keep making calls. Yeah. Yeah. They're. Oh, we do have a dramatic scene in the middle of the scene where I definitely thought Fangs was going to start singing as well. But instead, oh, yeah. Fangs is just like. So I'm really sorry you found out about Moose the way you did. I was trying to figure out how to tell you. Also, can we be friends? Yeah, Kevin kind of makes things up with Fangs being like, of course we can be friends. I'm sure that'll work out fine. But Fang, and he's like, Fang says, oh, Kevin, it's so nice to see you happy. <laughs> Fangs, it's because he's in a cult again. <laughs> now, I'm now, now, the other way around, didn't Fang, Fangs brought Kevin to the cult? Oh, yeah, because Kevin got honeypot. Oh, Kevin got honeypotted because they had Fangs. But... Poor Kevin got rejected by his last cult, so maybe that's why he needs this one. (laughs) They left him behind. Kevin just needs a cult. Maybe this cult will be better. Uh, Then we end with Archie having one more nightmare about Bingo, but in this one, Bingo is a man. Well, we don't actually hear Bingo, but... Well, the fighting has ended, and Archie's like, Bingo, Bingo, what is your name-o? Why would you say your name-o, Bingo? 
uh, this is a man that died. But <laughs> <laughs> And Eric explains that he's dead. he's dead. And then Archie is awoken from his memory dream. From a call from the VA hospital. They got a spot for Eric. And then he's like, yeah, I was calling about my friend. And then he sees Bingo standing in the corner of his room. Yeah. And he's like, hmm. I also might need help. And we're like, yay! Archie! Archie has had a good two episodes. Hey, Aaron. Yes, Kevin? Uh, I learned something very small this week, but I thought we would share with people. Something small. Let's talk. If you're fans of Riverdale... um. You should know that. So, number one, KJ Appa has a TikTok. Classic. Yep. Remember when KJ Appa, when Riverdale first started, we would look at his Instagram, and it was a boy in charge of an Instagram. Yeah, and same with his uh, his TikTok. It's a boy in charge of his TikTok. He does some fun dances, things from the set. Seems to be having a time. Bless him. Uh, you got to see him with his with like the red hair, but the but the dark beard. That's why your Archie can't grow a beard. Yeah, it would be too troubling. Be too troubling. But but um maybe Cole's press here's what I do know. Okay. I will say this. There is another TikTok account which is run which is a, like a joint TikTok account between uh Lily okay. Reinhardt, Camilla Mendez, okay. and Madeline Peich. All right. So <laughs> called Blonde Brunette and Redhead. <laughs> and <laughs> it's funny. That, that, like, the three of them just like, let's do a joint TikTok account. <laughs> and it's the same thing as the other. It's just a lot of them dancing. I think it's mostly run by Lily Reinhardt. That's fair. She's in a lot. I mean, they're all in a lot. Like, this is the type well, one. Well, Madeline three of them. has a, um, a YouTube, so she's probably focusing most of her energy on her YouTube. Yeah, yeah. I just thought of that. I, I love I, I love that the three of them are just like, what do we just do? have a joint. And they have, like, a name. They... Oh yeah, they combined their, their they combined their name somehow. like yeah to give whatever their name was. And they combined their name into Lamilla Peshart. Amazing, beautiful, wonderful, awesome, fantastic. Bless them. Hey, Aaron. Yes, Kevin. Throughout this episode, did you find yourself a CW moment? Did I find a CW moment? Did I find a moment where logic fell into the trap of having repetitive, dramatic, kind of anchronistic dreams? I did. And I got to go with that dog biting Eric. Could they not come up with a single other way for Frank to tell Archie about dogfighting rings? It, yeah, it is interesting, interesting that essentially it's a very roundabout way to get, like, Archie needs to learn there's dogfighting rings going on. Because nothing actually comes of the bite. Well, and Archie and Archie's whole, like, well, now the dog's got to go back thing doesn't feel, like, we see what he does afterwards. He learns there's dogs, there's dog, there are dogs fighting for people to bet on, to win or lose money, and the dogs will be hurt or perhaps die. I gotta get all those dogs. So yeah, he goes to rescue them and beat the hell out of that man, um, which doesn't fly with, well, this dog has immediately gotta go back to the shelter. Like, I think it's trying to do, like, Archie is so protective of Eric, because the entire episode he's really on yes. top of making sure Eric gets help. Yeah. But it just, it's... It, it's like you're putting a puzzle piece in place, and it almost fits in that place, but it's not quite the right puzzle piece. So what did Riverdale do? They trimmed the edges. Exactly. They, just, they made it work. 
but now they have this other puzzle piece that's also not quite right for this other spot. Ah, uh, well, you got to keep trimming the edges. This is the best metaphor for Riverdale. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> Kevin, did you find a CW moment? Yeah, it's got to be Little Red Cheryl Hood, right? Oh, yeah. The scene where she's walking, she, it looks, I swear, I might just be now making it's a false foggy, memory. It? It's foggy. She has a oil-burning lantern. I might be having a false memory, but I think her house is in the background. And then Kevin is wearing, like, a, a hunter's cap and just sort of, like, standing off to the side of the street. And he kind of looks at her like like a deer cotton, deer <laughs> cotton in the headlights. Yeah. But, like, um, literally. And then Cheryl calls him Kevin of Finland? Yeah, what's that a reference to? She says something that is... I, I don't even like know what the, the quote like it was. Like a something to something, it Kevin almo- to Finland. Yeah, it almost sounds like a quote. Then she says, Kevin of Finland. I'm like, what are you referencing? What is, what did you just say? Like, the show needs to make references their audience has a hope of getting. <laughs> it, it, it has to be a reference, because why else would you call someone? Kevin of Finland. <laughs> yeah. It's it, it was it's a real something. It was weird. It was it was the moment that I think just yeah yeah. That. I just tried to look up what is Kevin of Finland, and no one has asked that question yet. <laughs> Everyone should be asking that question. Here's like, I don't I don't Kevin might not be correct, but of Finland might be the reference. Well, I just figured some Riverdale fan would be like, "What is Kevin of Finland?" What is Kevin it's of this? <laughs> I think Riverdale at this point is just beating us all down. We're that we're just, just like, like it's fine. yeah, okay, whatever. You said something probably means something. I don't. That seemed dumb, I don't but know. good. I don't know, whatever Cheryl's talking about. She has a cult now. She has a cult now. She has a cult now. Well, if you want a cult. Yeah, you can get one by giving us ratings, reviews, and subscriptions on Apple Podcast or your podcaster of choice. We guarantee a cult for every review as long as supplies last. Also, we're not giving the cult to you. You must do the cult yourself. But the... the <laughs> But you, but but you tell people that we gave you the cult is the idea there. Yeah, yeah, it's part of your scriptures that we gave you the cult. You do all the work, but we get all the regard. We give you the support you need, mentally and emotionally, not physically or financially. Right, to have the, your cult. All right, let's wrap this episode up. Too many jokes. Um, so ratings, reviews, and subscriptions on Apple Podcast or your podcaster of choice, or hit us up on the social media. It's Podcast Moa, Podcast M O A at Instagram, at Twitter, and at Gmail dot com. Uh, you can get me on my website, kevinweirbooks.com. I'm also on uh, Twitter. I'm at strawmankweir. I'm on TikTok, though I haven't done videos recently. That's Kevin Weir is weird. And I'm over at aflimsyplan.com. That'll take you everywhere else you need to go. <laughs> I guess that's a good way of doing it. And we'll see you next week. Where is Betty taking the trucker? Now that Archie acknowledged his PTSD... What's next? Do you want to invest in Sodale? For answers to all this and more, join us next week on Mystery Outsiders and Abs. A teen drama fan cast?